0: Booker, somewhere outside of Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning podcast, Parareality. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I'll be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call Parareality. Well, happy 2023 everybody. First podcast of the new season. Welcome back. I can't believe it, but this episode is the first episode of season 17 of Parareality. I've been doing this off and on for a long time now. And I think that not only have I lasted a lot longer than other podcasts similar to mine, but I've also provided you with content that was thought-provoking interesting and presented to you from a unique point of view, a point of view that comes not from a place that seeks to convince you to have a certain point of view like my own, but rather one that seeks for you to look at the evidence that I present to you with an open mind so that you can make your own informed decision. The podcast has gone through a lot of changes in the last 16 years. I started off with nothing more than a computer, headset, microphone, and an idea. Nothing else. No experience, no flash, and no idea what I was doing. And it definitely showed during the first season. The second season, well, it was a little better. And I found my groove in the third season, and by that time I had firmly established at that point anyway what the identity of the podcast would be, you know, at least for a while. And I started off mainly telling stories of haunted locations and giving ghost investigation tips and other general paranormal stuff. I had the chance to interview a couple of people, and and I found that not only did I enjoy it, but I had a knack for it as well. That made me rethink the format of the podcast and then I began to include a lot of interviews with what what I call normal everyday people who just they just had a story to tell. Most of them weren't promoting themselves. They weren't promoting a book or their latest DVD or anything like that. They were just normal people who had something happen to them that they can't explain, and they simply wanted to tell their story. Oh sure, I had my share of those who were promoting their book or their DVD or whatever, but I really enjoyed talking to the quote-unquote everyday man. I also began to focus on cryptozoology at some point because the idea that there are using my air quotes, undiscovered creatures roaming around out there just fascinates me. I've also gone through my UFO phase as well. And a few years ago, I even began to have a co-host on a part-time basis. And in fact, I've had a couple of them. My resident skeptic, John Harrison, who has since moved on out to the Midwest. He's, um, somewhere out in, um, last I heard from him, he's out in the New Mexico area, somewhere around Taos, I believe. And of course, uh, I also had a, a paranormal enthusiast and host of his own podcast, World We Live In, Eric Patterson, who is still my uh, regular part-time co-host. And I think that I've covered just about all the paranormal, UFO, and crypto, cryptozoology topics out there. I've even investigated several unsolved mysteries, and the latest, which was the uh, Yuba County Five mystery about five young men with mental disabilities who mysteriously went missing in 1978 and were found dead months later with no real clue as to what happened to them. But what I'm most famous for would be my deep dives into the occult practices of the Nazis, in the latter part of the 1930s to mid-1940s. I've investigated the Nazis more than anyone that I personally know. Now, I'm not saying that I know everything about the Nazis or that I'm an expert on the Nazis, but I certainly do know more about their occult practices, their weird inventions and scientific experiments than your average person. Now, I certainly haven't seen it all or done it all, as far as my podcast and paranormal career is concerned, and this podcast is definitely not the most popular out there. I don't have a big corporate sponsor or really any advertisers that it takes to become popular, but I'm not trying to be all that. I'm just really enjoying what I do, and I'm going to keep on doing it until I don't want to, whether I'm popular or not. I just want to be able to take you on this journey with me and talk about subjects that aren't mainstream, stuff that interests me. And I know if you're listening to this podcast, it probably interests you at least a little bit. And I want to present the information to you in a manner that comes from a unique perspective. In other words, I'm not trying to convince you of any certain point of view or the other. I don't have uh, a hard and fast line drawn in the sand that says, you know, you, you must believe this way and, and let me try to convince you of this, that, and the other. I want to present my evidence to you in an unbiased manner and give you as much info as I can and then let you continue the research on your own and make up your own mind. Now, with that being said, let me give you a little preview of what Season, season 17 is gonna look like. First off, I plan on keeping my part-time co-host Eric, so he's going to be back at some point. And I'm also gonna have more guests to interview on the podcast. I haven't viewed many interviewed many guests in the past few years, and I want to get back to doing that. Third, I'm going to keep my summer series going, when that's where I investigated a particular topic over the course of several episodes. And I want this season to be varied and its content, and bring you along on a journey of wonder and mystery and present to you evidence in an unbiased way so you can make up your own mind in an informed manner. Maybe I'll even make you take a look at a particular topic in a completely different way, one that you haven't thought of before. Now that I've said all of that, What's tonight's topic going to be? That's the big question. I took a month and a half off just to end the season and have the holidays with my family and stuff like that. And so I'm back refreshed and ready to go. So what's tonight's topic going to be? Well, I'm sure you know that UFOs or UAPs, if they've Come to be known here recently have become quite a popular topic since the U.S. government in uh, 2017 released several pieces of previously classified footage of unidentified objects flying through the sky. Now, back in mid 2022, just last year, it was announced that three major U.S. organizations, one of them from the government, have been formed to investigate UAP sightings further and hopefully answer the question. Are we alone in the universe? So on tonight's episode, I'll be telling you about these organizations, who they are, and what they hope to accomplish. To learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. And in keeping with tradition over the last handful of years, I'm sick. (laughs) Seems like uh, the beginning of every new season, I'm either in the middle of some sort of cold, or just getting over one, and and here I am just getting over one. I, th- I think it's the um, it's the extreme change in the weather that's it, especially this year, here in the Nashville area. It's gone from like being springtime weather most of the time, being you know hot or, or, and and kind of muggy and and springtime weather to uh, all of a sudden it got really super cold and and we had an ice. Kind of a mini ice storm over the Christmas break, and then it got warm again, and then it got really rainy, and now it's all muggy and wet, and it's just it's just messing me up. So, unfortunately, I'll probably have to clear my throat a little bit, and you might hear a sniffle or two. And I try to mute my mic if I if I have to cough or or anything, and I I apologize in advance. So, let's get right into this, shall we? So, America's Top aerospace engineers and scientists are joining forces to protect us from UFOs. The country's largest organization of government and private sector technical experts is launching a project to study, and I quote, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAPs, after concluding that recent incursions by mysterious craft pose a safety hazard to military and commercial aircraft, according to people involved in forming the committees the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronauts the AIAA which includes among its members with the Lucky land you can get lucky just about anywhere the country's largest defense and NASA contractors, has established three committees to study the technology, how incursions affect pilot and passenger safety, and to coordinate with government agencies and international researchers. And these people are also focused on the topic. A former Navy fighter pilot and defense contractor, Ryan Graves, is co-chairing the AIAA's Unidentified Aerospace Phenomena Community of Interest. He's joined by Ravi Kaperu, a planetary scientist at NASA who is studying the potential habitability of Earth-like planets. Graves came forward with his own experience with UFOs hovering over his F-A-18 Hornet fighter jet in 2014 and in 2015. He says that it's not about forcing people to look into this if they are not ready yet. People have to come to terms with it, he says. But he also says that scores of members of the 30,000-strong AIAA, drawn from aerospace contractors, government agencies, and think tanks and startups, they've already signed on to the effort and are really excited about what it is they're doing. Those who have come forward to lend their expertise uh, as run the, the, the gamut from people who have over 30 years at NASA to non-traditional members from the tech community. In order to get some answers, it seems that like they're taking people with a lot of different backgrounds and combining them together in, well, in, in, in new ways, which in my opinion, isn't a bad thing. I think that diversity of expertise is needed for something like this. The move came as Congress took additional steps to compel the Pentagon and intelligence agencies to study UFOs and share what they discover with oversight committees and the public. Among them was the establishment of this this last summer of a more expansive All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office at the Pentagon that's also studying Unidentified Submerged Objects, or Unidentified Submarine Objects, or USOs for short. NASA also announced its own UAP study in June. Now, I'll be talking about both the Pentagon and the NASA committees shortly. Meanwhile, new legislation moving through Congress as part of the annual Defense and intelligence Policy Bills goes further. The National Defense Authorization Act, passed by the House back in July of 2022, would establish new procedures for current or former government officials to come forward with any information they may have about UFOs without fear of reprisal. The proposed intelligence bill also directs the Government Accountability Office to undertake a historical recounting of government efforts involving UFOs over the last 75 years, including any recovery of UFO technology or government efforts to spread disinformation about the subject. The Pentagon also compiled a report to Congress that was due on October 31st of 2022 on the latest UFO findings. But having an established group such as the AIAA founded in 1963, as the principal professional organization for aerospace scientists and engineers, enter the debate is seen by longtime UFO researchers as a turning point. Now, by the way, that uh, report that was due on October 31st, I don't think that it was ever released, uh, and which is very disappointing, but it doesn't uh, surprise me one single bit. David Marler, executive director of the newly formed National UFO Historical Records Center in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which, by the way, is the largest U.S.-based repository of related archives, he says that we need people much smarter than ourselves and from specific disciplines to provide credibility and layers of expertise to look at the data. The AIAA initiative is focused primarily on the flight safety implications of unannounced craft intruding into protected military airspace or traveling dangerously close to commercial flights. Graves cited an example the 11 near misses since 2019 involving UFOs coming within 500 feet of an aircraft. Now, that is very close when you're talking about aircraft flying around at at ungodly speeds, right? Scott Bray, the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, reported back in May to Congress uh, during its first public hearing on the topic in more than five decades about these near misses that were 500 feet and sometimes even less. And according to an internal briefing, the AIAA effort is being driven by the belief that the uncertainty about UFOs is exposing pilots, passengers, and military forces to unknown risk that, so far, haven't really been addressed. Its mission statement is to improve aviation safety by enhancing scientific knowledge of and mitigating barriers to the study of unidentified aerial phenomena. And it contends that the AIAA is singularly situated to serve our government and citizens as a neutral scientific engineering resource. But while the initiative is focused primarily on addressing safety hazards, Graves says that the ultimate intent is to learn more about Those UFOs that are truly unexplained, Graves believes that the vast majority of reported sightings can be explained by things like a drone that was carried by a hurricane five hundred miles up, and that's that's a quote. I I don't know about a drone um, being five hundred miles up in this. In it doesn't. First of all, if you're going to be five hundred miles up you're going to be in outer space. So I I don't I guess his his quote was more of a metaphor than it was anything else, but to me it didn't make a lot of sense. Now Grace went on to say that most of it will go into an explained bucket at some point. The primary focus is apparently to apply engineering and scientific effort and energy to the anomalous data set. It's not about focusing on adversarial drone programs, or drone incursions in the military airspace. The new AIAA committee studying the hardware of such unexplained craft has a series of studies underway, and it hopes to complete a scientific framework for cataloging the means for detecting UFOs by the end of the year. So by the end of 2023, this year, it plans to increase its first state of tech report followed by a peer-reviewed research manuscript the next year in early 2024 detailing the methodologies for evaluating UFOs. So this isn't something that's going to be done over just a period of a few short months. We're talking about a couple of years ongoing with this thing. And I personally think that the more people and the more disciplines looking at the subject means that there's a better chance of getting some semblance of understanding to the UFO mystery. <clears throat> so let's talk about NASA. NASA announced back on June the 9th of 2022 that it was launching a scientific study of reported sightings of UFOs. This is just the latest a wave of federal agencies trying to understand the nature of a series of unidentified aircraft flying in protected airspace. The goal of the study, which is to be wrapped up supposedly in March of this year, is meant to improve aircraft safety while gaining a better overall understanding of the aircraft, which the government refers to as unmanned aerial phenomena instead of unknown or unidentified aerial phenomena, which they happen to just say is the same thing as a UAP because UAP, unmanned aerial phenomena. Now, according to Daniel Evans, who is NASA's Assistant Deputy Associate Administrator for Research, he says that, NASA is uniquely positioned to address UAPs because who other than NASA can use the power of data and science to look at what's happening in our skies? Makes a little bit of sense. NASA plans to recruit some of the nation's leading scientists and aeronautics experts to participate in the study. The leader of the study, is a man named David Spurgle, who is president of the Simmons Foundation, which is a New York-based academic organization. The project is separate from the Pentagon's effort, which we'll talk about in a minute. The Pentagon's effort is, is really gathering information from a host of federal intelligence agencies on the phenomena over the past few years. NASA plans to share its findings publicly once the study's complete, and Evans says that it's extremely important to NASA that the subject remains a fully transparent and opened and unclassified study. The committee also plans on having public meetings as well, though I have not as of yet heard anything about these public meetings. NASA has stressed that the project will be conducted no differently than any other scientific investigation the space agency undertakes but it's going to cost no more than $100,000. The announcement comes amid soaring interest in UFOs by Congress, the administration, and the American public. Back in May of 2022, Defense Department officials testified before a House Intelligence Subcommittee that the progress of the Pentagon's Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. That was a big one. So, No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Scott Bray, who is the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, testified that the groups received more than 400 UAP reports noting that this stigma for reporting incidents has been reduced. And in my opinion, that's largely due to the fact that uh, the government back in 2017 released those videos. Now, I know that didn't, I don't think they actually intended on releasing those videos. Uh I, th- I think that uh, the um it was a let's just say unintended consequence of them having to release this because some of them got released for them, you know? You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but still, it has helped in my opinion to Remove that stigma and bring UFOs into more of a scientific um, area of study instead of just fringe science. Uh, since the early 2000s, and this is a fact that has puzzled lawmakers as questions emerge whether phenomena present present a national security threat by a potential adversary, and like the Pentagon. NASA also hopes its efforts will reduce the stigma associated with reporting UAPs. While the findings may also help in the agency's search for alien life, more data likely will be needed to draw those conclusions as NASA has no evidence UAPs are extraterrestrial in origin, at least none that they're admitting to publicly at this time. Uh, Thomas, I'm going to Just butcher this last name. Thomas Suburchin, who is NASA's Associate Administrator for Science, believes the possibility of the sightings representing extraterrestrial life is a high bar to reach and that a better understanding lies in the data in the study, some of which already exist in public archives. Bill uh, Bill Nelson, who is NASA's uh, administrator, has already made public comments about the sightings emphasizing their mystery may be cause for concern. During a virtual discussion at the University of Virginia back in October of 2022, just a few short months ago, Nelson said, and I quote, We hope it's not an adversary here on Earth that has that kind of technology, but it's something. Now, here's the problem that I have with the NASA study. The first one is that it's a very short study. So um, they started, they announced this, uh, what, in June? And uh, it's supposed to be wrapped up in March of this year. So they announced it on June the 9th of 2022, and it's supposed to be wrapped up in March. That's only nine months. That's not even a year long. And they're only throwing $100,000 at it. Which is a drop in the bucket it's it's nothing. It's like I don't know me saying, you know, hey, hey guys, uh, I need some people to help me study something, and uh, we're gonna do it real quickly, and here's ten bucks. you know I mean it's just it's it's almost like NASA is just uh doing this just to say that they're doing something. So are they doing it because? They don't believe that there's anything to it. Or are they doing this because they already have something, some evidence about something, and they want to keep it a secret? They want to hide that evidence. The answer to that is I don't know. And, and the only people that do are, you know, probably the high up people at NASA itself. I don't understand why they would just do such a cursory um, little pissant investigation. Even if they did have something that was just earth-shattering and they did not want the rest of the world to know, they could at least make this quote-unquote study that they're doing last more than nine months and throw a measly $100,000 at it. I mean, you look at what the the AIAA is, committee is doing, and they're conducting a study that's going to take a minimum of two and a half years, maybe even longer. Now, they didn't say how much money that they were throwing into it, but uh, I can guarantee you it's probably going to be a little bit more than $100,000. But they're looking at all of this scientific data, and NASA is just like, eh, there's, you know, we're going to take a few months, and we're going to throw a little bit of money at it, and we've got these scientists and stuff that are working on it. But most of this data is already available in the public it, it, to me, it's, it's a pitiful effort. Uh, they're making a pitiful attempt, it, and it's pitifully disguised as a, quote, unquote, study, this, this committee that they formed. So let's wind up with the Pentagon. So, yeah, the Pentagon. I told you I was going to be talking about the Pentagon study, right? So a U.S. intelligence report on UFO attributes many military sightings of unknown flying craft to foreign surveillance drones or airborne waste. According to the New York Times, these latest revelations are contained in a classified update to a report released, um, I think, in 2021 that probed uh, 144 UFO sightings by U.S. government personnel between 2004 and 2021. So almost 20-year um, time span. And the report says that several instances of unknown aerial phenomenon had actually been attributed to relatively mundane drone technology used by the Chinese government. Sue Go, who is a spokeswoman for the Department of Defense, says that no one explanation described the majority of the UFO sightings investigated. Most incidents... Could be attributed to foreign intelligence gathering or shreds of airborne trash, like excuse me, like balloons and stuff like that. Now, back in May, the Pentagon said uh, that a particular declassified incident involved what looked like flying triangles, but were actually ordinary drones distorted by night vision. The location of that footage has not been disclosed, but officials have said it's like, that it likely depicts foreign surveillance on American military maneuvers. The update is expected to be, slightly, to be a slightly more conclusive than last year's report, which identified only one UFO with high confidence as a large deflating balloon. That report was the work of a task force set up after a series of high-profile, unexplained events were recorded on U.S. Navy ships. It was released back in 2017. We all know about those things. At least four warships off the coast of San Diego reported sightings of unexplained objects in July of 2019 that didn't match aircraft currently known to exist, some of which appeared to harass the, the, the vessels and another that suddenly disappeared into the ocean. In 2004, several Navy aviators reported encountering aircraft off the California coast that they said resembled large Tic Tac breath mints, the famous Tic Tac UFO thing. A version of the report was made public by the Office of Director of National Intelligence, and it's unknown how much of this report will be made public, but the number of sightings currently under investigation has reportedly grown to over 400. Unfortunately, the Pentagon says that some sightings, particularly older ones, are unlikely to ever be explained. In many cases, observed phenomena are classified as unidentified simply because sensors weren't able to collect enough information to make a positive attribution, which makes absolutely the last two points make perfectly good sense. Older ones, probably, eh, you're probably going to have a really hard time solving those just because uh, evidence deteriorates, people's memories aren't the same, witnesses, you know, die or, or whatever. And unidentified doesn't necessarily mean that it's a alien spacecraft. Unidentified just simply means we couldn't identify what it was. So the sensor's might not be able to collect enough data on that to make a positive ID on what this thing is. So those two things do make sense. Now, annual updates to this report are going to be required by law through 2026. So is this kind of like the NASA thing? Is this like the government? Because you know NASA is not part of the United States government, okay? So You've got your NASA study and you've got your Pentagon study, and we already know what I think about the NASA study. I, I just I think that it's just I think it's them placating us basically. It's they're either just placating us or they are simply going to. Um, they're just hiding information from us. They have something, but they don't want us to know what it is, so they think if they just throw some shit at us that we'll shut the F up. It's one of the two in my opinion. Is the Pentagon are they doing the same thing? Because it doesn't really seem like they're taking this that seriously. And look, just based upon what's been happening in our federal government over the last few months, especially given the you know the the last couple of weeks, you know, it is painfully clear that our nation is governed by a bunch of idiots who are more self-serving than they are anything else. They really don't care about the American people. They don't care about making this country a better place. They only care about their own little world. They only care about themselves and what can they gain to get ahead in life. And I think that most of our, not all of them are like that, number one, but the majority of them are in my opinion. And this majority that I'm talking about, I think that they could give a shit less about whether UFOs are real or not. I don't think they really care. I don't think that they if they do care, they don't believe that there's anything to it. And I think that the government is just basically doing the same thing that NASA is. They're just placating us. They're just going to say, oh, yep, you know, we've got the Pentagon studying this, and uh, we're going to give a report. You know, we have to, uh, we're going to do this annually through 2026, so we're going to give you three years, and then after that, maybe all the, you know, everything will calm down and won't be a big deal anymore and we'll just sweep it under the rug and just forget about it like it never even happened. So while it's great in one <clears throat> on one hand that you have agencies like the AIAA and NASA and the Pentagon who are, at least on the outside, taking this thing seriously and they're looking into it, really, of the three, the AIAA is the only one that really seems like they are taking this, that they're doing more than saying, yeah, we're taking it seriously, that they actually are doing it. They're, they're taking all of the data that they can and they're looking at a wide variety of data. They're bringing in people with mul- from multiple disciplines. It's a large organization. It's a large study, and they're taking they're using scientific method. And they're going to take a couple of years, like I said, two and a half, maybe even three years to get this done. They're not just going to say, "Oh, we're going to do a short nine month study and throw a hundred thousand dollars at it." Oh, or well, we're just going to uh, look at these four hundred reports that we have and. Uh, just make an annual report for the next three years you know they're they're actually doing something they're they're taking scientific approaches to this and not just simply trying to placate us and I think out of everything out of those those three committees I think their best greatest hope comes from the AIAA committee now I am kind of I, I follow a lot of uh, UFO uh, people on social media, particularly uh, Twitter. Uh, UFO Twitter is a big thing, and there's always controversy uh, in the UFO Twitter community if you happen to be on Twitter, if you happen to follow it. I don't necessarily make a lot of uh, injections into what's going on with the UFO Twitter group. Um, But I do follow them, and um, I think that the UFO community, for the most part, just from what I can gather, uh, kind of feels very similar to the way that I do, which is that this is kind of like a a bunch of bunk. You know, that, that government report that was supposed to be released a couple of years ago, or last year, or was it 2020? I can't remember um where we had the the congressional hearings and we had it on tel- television and all this other source of shit and they released this study and it was like a nine page report that really didn't say anything you know um i think that this kind of what we're probably going to get from nasa i think it's probably what we're going to kind of get from the pentagon our our greatest hope lies in the AIAA and i really hope that they can um uh, Help take the UFO or UAP phenomenon, and not only take the stigmata, continue to just take the stigmata out of it, but but really give us. I'm not saying they have to come out and say, "Yep, you know, UFOs, uh, they're definitely alien craft, and we're being, you know, studied by aliens and abducted and blah blah blah," but I would like for them to be able to say, "Yep, these." We have a a group here that can be explained. We have a group here that cannot be explained, and it does not appear to be anything conventional from this planet. You know, I would be happy with that, but that's just my opinion, and I'd like to certainly know what yours are. If you're a a UFO Twitter person, uh, if you're a UFO enthusiast, if you've got a, UFO group. If you hell, if you've had an experience, let me know. Drop me an email, sandman at parareality.com or call the studio line 615-692-1170 and leave me a message. Let me know what you think. Well, that about does it for tonight. I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality, the season 17 opener. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else about the podcast. Let me tell you, I just gave you a couple of different ways to contact me. But if you're a long time listener, you know that there are several different ways, and here they are. The best, easiest, quickest way to do it is to email me. I just gave that email address out, but here it is again Sandman at Parareality.com. That's Sandman at Parareality.com. You can find me on Facebook, the official Facebook page for the podcast. Just go to facebook.com slash sandman.parareality or just do a Facebook search. Get on, log into Facebook, do a search engine for reality Podcast. You can post a message on my wall or slide into my DMs there on Facebook. Just send me a direct message if you want to have a comment or a question or want to say, hey, you suck or whatever. And if you have a Twitter or Instagram account, you can follow me on both of those. My username is the same for each, at Para Real Radio, that's at Para Real Radio on both Instagram and Twitter. And finally, you can always call the podcast, leave me a message. I got a line directly here into the secret bunker, 615-692-1170. That number to call once again is area code 615, then dial 692-1170. Leave me a message on the studio line, but I want you to remember this. If you decide to call and leave me a message, you are giving me permission to play your comment back on the podcast. So if you do not want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message. I'm always looking for interesting stories for the podcast. So if you've got a story that you'd like to get on the show, Tell it to me over the voicemail. There's a three-minute time limit. So if you run out of time, call back and pick up where you left off. If you want to just call and leave a comment, you don't have to tell me a story. You can call and leave a comment about tonight's topic, about an idea you have for a topic for the show. You can say, hey, I love your podcast. You can say, hey, you suck. I wish you would go to hell. Whatever. I'm willing to hear from anybody about anything. But just remember, if you don't want your comment played back on the show, you'll need to tell me somewhere in that voicemail. So those are all the different ways you can get in contact with me here on Parareality. And speaking of Parareality, please don't forget to visit my website, Parareality.com. That's a place where you can keep up with all the latest paranormal news from all around the world because I've got an entire page of the website website. Devoted to paranormal news, and the content is updated almost daily. It's right under the Para News tab on the homepage. You can also shop in the Reality Radio store. Watch some of the terrible videos that I've made for this podcast over the years. And uh, you can also listen to the podcast archives. I've got tons of audio on the website, from the various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, along with my other podcast, Set It Off and Scared to Death. And you can find all that content for free on the archive section of the website. That's parareality.com. Make sure you check it out. Speaking of Parareality, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know where you can find it, but did you know that you can find it also on any of your favorite podcast stations? Just search for reality If you've got a smart speaker, you can listen there too. If you have any of the podcast skills on your smart device, just say, hey, play the reality podcast. It's on Spotify, iTunes, or excuse me, Apple Podcasts now. Uh, Spreaker, of course, who hosts this website, or hosts this podcast, excuse me. Um, you name it, it is out there. So if you don't like it on one platform, You can listen to it on other. I don't know, but I'm all over the place. (laughs) Just say, play the Parareality Podcast or do a search for Parareality Podcast. I'm also on YouTube, and you can listen to the podcast there, too. Yes, I do upload all of the audio content to YouTube, and I have people who do actually listen to the podcast off of YouTube. But it's not just audio. My YouTube channel is also full of some great videos like UFO and Paranormal Documentaries a little new segment that I did for a brief period of time. I think there's three episodes there called news of the strange. And it's also got some of the terrible show videos that I've did over the course of the years there for you to make fun of feel free. I know they're horrible to find the channel. Just go to youtube.com slash user slash one. That's the number one at the end of pair Or you can just, uh, Google pair podcast or just log into YouTube and, uh, Just search for Pair Reality or Pair Reality 1. So those are all the ways you can listen to the show. Those are all the ways you can get in touch with me. All the ways that you can make Pair Reality part of your podcast world. The next episode of Pair Reality is going to air on January the 20th, 2023, at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Please make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope... That this podcast opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, and I'll see you again on January 20th. Good night, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.